This is the Fox Motorsports Supercars Podcast with your host, the Pitlane Rogue. Welcome everyone to the Fox Motorsports Supercar Podcast. We are reviewing all the action from the Winton uh, Super Sprint. I know it's uh, taken a while to get up, but we've all been in uh, various directions of doing things. Uh, joined along today by Will Dale from foxsports.com.au. Hello, hello. Uh, also, our regular co-host, uh, Dave Reynolds from Errors Motorsport. Welcome, Mr. Reynolds. Hello, people. And special guest today, Ryan Story from Shell V Power, Dick Johnson Racing, Team Penske. I think that's about it. <laughs> it's, a mouth, it's a mouthful. Great to be here, gentlemen. <laughs> it's almost as as Lewis would say. We wish we had Lewis back, but he's off. He's off doing Melbourne doing some stuff. It's the the Boost Mobile Walkinshaw Andretti Mobile One Mobile. Hashtag Walkin Unite. That's it. So you, you don't have quite a mouthful, I'll just say full, Ryan. Old HRT, the old HRT, <laughs> the team formerly known as. Yeah. Uh, yeah, welcome along, boys, for the ride. Now we need to firstly kick off uh, reviewing Winton, and it's hard not to get across the line that Nissan are back. They're here. They're, are we? Are we claiming that they're a force this year? Well, they won a race, so well, that's that's a good start. <laughs> and if you look at if you look at Ricky, was you know he was consistent at. Uh, Philip Island, they were pacey. Perth, they weren't too bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's going pretty good. He's doing a really good job. And, and Caruso's is long been up time, there as well. to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, they left the run a bit late. But yeah. it is good to see that all that promise is finally starting to be realised. Well, it was one of those things where, like in the football codes, they sack their coach and then suddenly they come out and have this monster win. Hmm. It was it was exactly the same scenario. The coach holding them back. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> they've, got, they've got a they've got a new personnel sort of person, don't they? A new yeah, head person. Hmm. Yeah, they've got their that? new tech, their new their new technical director Nicolia, who's uh, ex Penske. In fact, it's interesting when um, when he his name first came up on the scene, I asked Roger about him, and Roger rated him pretty highly for the work yeah. that he'd done for them over there, and and he he did work for another team in the intermediary time in NASCAR, I believe, but. Uh, He's clearly done a good job. I think Scott Sinclair's a great operator. Todd's obviously uh, obviously stepped out of the car and is, is, is far more hands-on in the day-to-day there. And but full credit to them. It's it's just great to see them competitive and, and consistently competitive over the last couple of events we've seen. I think. So so big. Well, ex- we've always known their cars have been pretty pacey. Yeah, they so yeah, they put it together. Well, you look at them in qualifying over the years. I mean, I was just looking at a looking at a photo today from QR, um, one of the QR races last year, and there's a couple. There's, there's Scotty up the front, and then he's surrounded by a couple of Nissans. So they've certainly got to, got the qualifying right more often than they have, and it's just it's just getting it right in the in the races where where they haven't quite uh, haven't quite yeah, met that, their potential. True, but they, I reckon they must run like vastly different setups in the team because. You know, they've always got kind of bookends. There'll be one at the front, one at the back, and a couple in the middle somewhere. They're never, it's, like, consistently it's together. Well, I think they Todd, end up racing together. But Yeah, I think Todd's even made the comment. He said that they've... they've Todd and I think Todd and Rick have both made the comment that they've sort of uh, over-engineered themselves in, in the past and sort of had shown, shown glimpses and shown potential and sort of gone the wrong direction trying to, trying to keep pace with it and, and, and instead sort of taking a consistent approach across the weekends yeah, basically bear them a bit of fruit. Well, that's it. Yeah, like, enough you, to streamlined it now. Well, we saw that with Andre in Perth. He was very quick on the Friday, then they went in a set-up direction that proved not to work 
what, threw it away, went back to the Friday setup, and he was back up the pointy end by Sunday. Mm. They, Let's face it, too, running four cars, that's, uh, it's, oh, that's got to be something I, <laughs> I wouldn't wish that upon my enemy, yet alone a friend. No. I mean, it's a, it's a tough, that's a tough gig. It's got to be a headache. I've, I've only been part of four car teams until Erebus, so I understand how chaotic it can be, and you get, you get a heap more data, but you can get it lost a lot quicker. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a very interesting point. You know, you don't really factor in, you know, most people think about, you know, four cars having that, that extra data and all that extra help. But the, the flip side is, as you say, Davey, that you could get lost and everyone gets lost the same direction and, you know, there's no real fight back until you kind of start again from scratch. Yeah, it's and you, like with two-car teams, you know, they put their eggs all in one basket and that tends to work out a bit better. <laughs> <laughs> Even though they shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, the, the, the... Some, some two-car teams do that, David. Some, <laughs> not, not all, not all. Uh, are you are saying your 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 model's different there, Ryan? Oh, I think that uh, I think we've shown over the over, particularly over the course of the last eighteen months that uh, that we that we share the love and uh, our, our guys are pretty consistent in the team Penske ethos that uh, it doesn't matter who wins, the team wins, and that's pretty important and a big part of our culture. It was, um, I, I guess, at Winton. It was good to see Fabian take the take his first top step this year and kind of step out of the Scotty Mac show shadow. If you'd like that comment, yeah, it was fantastic. It was a, it, it's been a long time coming. I think um, that side of the garage had shown shown plenty of glimpses of performance and whether it had been the, whether there'd been something out on the track or or on a couple of occasions we've made some mistakes in pit stops and things like that that have, that have that have held back some better results so it was great for everyone's confidence there and you know it's a new driver engineer relationship which has been talked about quite a lot with Mark Fenning running that car this year uh, there's there's been quite a bit of change on that side of the garage where we've seen continuity across the rest of the team and the re- and the rest of the business so it's great to see those guys hit their hit hit their stride and it's just great for Fabs and great for his confidence and uh, we, we we hope to continue to see him right up the pointy end throughout the rest of the season. You talk about that evolution of staff on that side of the garage. Is that just sort of natural attrition in the business of people dropping out and going elsewhere, or is that just trying to find, I guess, the right sort of chemistry for Fabs? Yeah, it's 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 a mixture of both. But you, you're constantly evolving um, these things. In fact, I was just having a conversation just earlier. We've got to, we're doing a bit of uh, Mustang work today. And, uh, oh, are you just? Here. Yeah, it's funny how that happens. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're working on a bit of that, and we're just talking about the staff evolution and how we've got a real focus now, um, now of, of developing, developing our own people as best as we can, uh, whether it be on the mechanics front or in the engineering space. And you, you do have to look at overall chemistry within the, the team. There's no question about that, but second to that, you have to you have to ensure that you've got good quality, high high caliber people who can get the job done and can work within the stressful the stressful nature of the business. Not to mention um, have a pretty solid sort of home life where they can be away for 15, 16 weekends a year, and uh, the associated lifestyle constraints that can be associated with that. Well, you, look, you mentioned the keyword there that pricked up my interest, and that's something that I had written down in front of me. Where is a talk us through the, the where the Mustang development is up to? What are you guys working on at the moment with it? Well, I mean, I can I could share with you my computer screen right now, and we can look at the cat if you like. But uh, we we won't do that. Just to, 
we, oh. we, we, we just, oh, no, sorry, sorry about that. It's oh. just us. Um, no one yeah, else this, is listening. This is, yeah. well, this is an audio show, isn't it? So yeah. it's sort of <laughs> <I can laughs> that a little bit. But uh, look, it's coming along pretty well. We've, we've obviously come at it pretty late um, in terms of in terms of where the project started compared to what uh, what we've seen in recent times with, for example, the ZB. But uh, the challenges are always going to be around um, getting the aero model off the ground and and the positioning of the rear wing and those sorts of things and how we how we attack the glass house with the with the constraints of, uh, of putting a two car body over the control chassis. Uh, those challenges are, are fairly fairly obvious with how we with how we uh, how we have to tackle some of those things and we're still in that we're still in that phase of, of setting setting some of those things up and our plan is to have the glass house set within the next uh, within the next uh, two to four weeks so then we can start start pushing the button on uh, some of the some of the tooling and and manufacturing and uh, and that's really when you start to see some aggressive development uh, along those lines as well so it's coming along pretty nicely, but it's still all in that uh, evolutionary stage at the moment. Is it still too early to suggest when we might see the first one in the flesh? I know Bathurst was talked about as a demonstration, but is that something that's feasible, or is that something that's ruled out now? Oh, look, it's that's. I mean, that's been talked about by others, not yeah. by by us or by Tixit. I mean, the reality is, we we have to do everything we can to put the best car on track that we can, and we don't and will not compromise the program for the sake of uh, of what would be a, a pretty pretty <laughs> look look it would be fantastic to have the thing out of Bathurst, but we, we can't put ourselves in a position where we'd potentially compromise the design and 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 development of the car to to, to see that happen the, the natural deadline for us is the test day at the start of next year or 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 for that matter the the homologation test at the end of this year. That's 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 the deadlines that we're re- realistically working to, and and everything is set back from that. It's, if we start bringing in earlier deadlines, we're going to simply compromise the work that we've got to do, and there's a lot of it. There was a bit of chat around some uh, you know media reports around that supercars are going to help facilitate some of the uh, or step in more to facilitate some of the more manuf- the manufacturer talks. That they haven't been involved in, you know, up until this point, it's mostly been the teams. Uh, who else do you think we would like to? Who would you like to see as a manufacturer? If you have, I mean, if you had a blank canvas, I'm throwing it to open to you all. Who would you like to see in the category that's not there at the moment? I mean, it, uh, it, I mean, <laughs> like the keyest thing is like how a, long is like, a piece of string? <laughs> well, it's half the length, from, or twice the length from the middle to the end. Uh, um, yeah, like the, the keyest stinger is yeah. the obvious yeah. bit. Yeah, I mean that, and we've got one of the guys here at Fox who looked around at a whole bunch of new cars and end up on the Stinger because he took it for a drive. He's like, "Wow, this is an awesome bit of kit." Mm. I mean that that would be it cool was, to see on the was track. That, Matt Taylor. Yeah, your mate. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Matty Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what a legend! <laughs> I feel that comment needs to be qualified and explained. Well, if you watched the Bathurst broadcast closely last year. You would have noticed in Park Ferme someone someone with a Fox Sports vest, yeah, ha- handing Betty a water bottle or her, or her taking the bottle and, off. And Betty goes, "I don't know, even know this guy, but he just gave me a water bottle." <laughs> <laughs> and they got that got shared around the office a lot, apparently. Uh, <laughs> uh, top bloke, top bloke, but yeah, the legend, key- absolute legend. <laughs> but yeah, the keyest, keyest, and in terms of 
what running a race version of a Kia, of a Kia Stinger would do for that brand's profile and its perception in Australia and in the buyer's market. I guess it'd be a similar parallel to what Volvo achieved with the S60. Yeah. What about what about you, Ryan? That do you have any, any other I thoughts think, on that? I'll, hang on. I think that like the Volvo was a good program because mm. whether it's maybe just a bit of confirmation bias, but ever since they've left, left the sport, I don't really see the cars on the road as much. Well, that's... I don't know whether that's just me or... No, you never... You, you see the odd S60, the, the Polestar version, and you go, ooh, I remember that. I remember yeah. when I liked that. Yeah, when, the, when, the cars were, when the cars were constantly, you know, up the front and they were doing good and they looked good, mm. there was there was like a, a boom of those cars driving yeah. on the road. Well, I don't well, know where they all went. I mean, Ford, Ford are getting back in the sport, not specifically the Cell Mustang. It's all about introducing the Ford Performance brand to Australia. It's all about selling Fords, not specifically selling Mustangs. And I think they've, they're coming into it with a really good understanding of how to leverage it and how to make it work. And this is where I think Sean Seamer's made some comments today um, that have been online. It's it's the approach that supercars have taken in embracing Ford's return to the sport really will act as a model for when other manufacturers and and uh, other manufacturers express interest in the category. So we're in a really good situation where we have a lot of control over the media broadcast because supercars television runs all of that. Then, so we, so we have, we have the TV product. We promote the majority of the events. So we've got trackside signage. We've got the ability to incorporate some of the aspirational marketing objectives that the brands are looking for. So when you start to tailor all of that together, the benefits that come for a manufacturer being involved in supercars extend beyond any relationship they have with individual teams. Mm. So one of the other things that's interesting that is a real, a real, uh, I suppose a, a key point of difference between what GM have done with Triple Eight and what uh, and what ourselves and TikTok are doing with uh, with Ford is that the IP as such will be designed around. Uh, around a, mo- a model where any team that wants to run Mustang will have the ability to do that. And that's a key point of difference where, you know, if, it, if a team wants to change to Mustang or wants to race Mustang, they're not having to write a check to anyone to do it. Mm-hmm. They've got the capacity to, to, to make that, to make that move if they want to. And that's, and that's really important. That IP model is something that's, that's absolutely critical uh, for the future of the sport. Oh, I see what you mean, like, as opposed to where the current Holden approach where if you want to run a ZB Commodore, you need to go to Ardane of, of Banyo with, with a check. An oversized exactly novelty right. check. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly right. And, and, and there's, there's, and there's obvious, you know, there, there's reasons for that model and it all sort of comes back to who signed the check and who signed the check in the first instance. But, mm. but we've always embraced it, you know, particularly in ourselves are doing, Doing the bulk of the work in conjunction with Ford Performance and Ford Australia, but but it, it was always been our intention that that IP model is clear, and supercars have been pretty pretty uh, pretty uh, present in those discussions in ensuring that uh, we don't set ourselves up for we don't set ourselves up to sort of follow a model that uh, that has some some trickiness about it. Well, especially because I mean, you guys are building eight eight Mustangs before the end of the year. Is that have I got my numbers right there? Eight for well, that's that's well, that's how many that's how many Fords we've got in yeah. the category at the moment, and all 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 the Ford teams have expressed 
a very strong strong desire to make the make the shift. So any, I'd, I'd expect to see eight Mustangs on the grid. Any non-Ford teams expressed expressed uh, interest in making the shift as well? Oh, there's been plenty of interest expressed, but you know, it's it's, it's one of these things where you have to account for the cost of change. Mm. So it might not necessarily make sense to to look at that for next year, but the year after it might uh, it might make sense if. If, if, for example, we come out and we've got a competitive package and it's cheaper to run, then... then we'll, we would be interested in it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, it's, just one of those, it's just one of those things. It, it just needs to be open, and, that's, and that's, a, that's been a key point for supercars, is making sure that, you know, those... That for, 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 from, from here on, pretty much any, any, any manufacturer in the sport, there's got to be... The, the costs of entry have to be consistent, mm-hmm. and it's got to be available to all. And I think that's pretty important. Yeah, yeah no, I agree. I always agree with that. Um, uh, and I, I, again, there was an, there was a report in the media that said anyone went into a frenzy about hybrid. I'm not even going to talk about that. It's not. Oh, oh that, that dies quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I think that's sort of uh, that's following a as trying to follow a bit of an industry trend, but we have to listen to the fans. Yeah. That's that's where we have to that's where we have to be based. We we don't live in a world where manufacturers are writing we're not we don't live in a world where manufacturers are writing huge checks in so much mm. as they, they have that, that degree of control that comes with mm. with that level of commercial funding and input. So we have to we have to ensure that we look after fans of today and the fans of the future. That's that's critical. Exactly. Fan of the future is very important, isn't it? It is mm. because how do we attract more people to the sport? Yeah, and and you know it's interesting. I'm probably speaking out of school and I'll get in trouble for this, but it's it's a big that's <laughs> a like big this, priority. <laughs> it's, a, it's a big priority for for Sean Seymour and his group at the moment as fan of the future. I think they've got a really good understanding of they've got a really good understanding of what those priorities are and how to do it, and they're engaging the right people to to have first of all have a good understanding of what what we currently have and what mm. attracts people to the sport now, but. You know what? What do we need to do to ensure that we've got that that next generation coming in and wanting to get involved? Because it's all well and good to, to talk about esports, and we can talk about esports till we're blue in the face. And there's yeah, there's definitely an opportunity there, but we want people we want people trackside. We want people sitting on their couch watching the Fox the fantastic Fox, Fox Sports coverage. And that's right. We want people yeah, buying Foxtel. We yeah. Well, I mean, I I, <laughs> I I at Perth, I bumped into the press conference with the the junior press conference the, for the school kids. Oh yeah, fascinating. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was it, it was enlightened. It enlightened me greatly in some of the questions that were asked. And I like I was watching the kids, and you know, if you can keep those kids engaged all the way through as they grow up, they they're your fans of of tomorrow. The future. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly right. Well, actually, I did an event in Adelaide uh, last week for the Motor Traders Association. They had their graduation. Uh, dinner and then it's a bit it's a bit like today's podcast you sort of get to the bottom of the list and there's my name you know a lot of people have to say no before I get a call up and I, was a guest, I, was a guest, I was a guest speaker at this this event and I gave a heap heap of heap of young young people uh the old business card at the end guys who were keen to sort of get involved in the sport and are, are pretty pretty keen followers of it so it's it's great to see that and and it's no different, no different to a race weekend. And Dave, you see this more than any, any of us do. But the engagement you have with the fan, it's a, it's a good reminder of what we do, why we do it. I think. Hundred mm. percent. Well, we wouldn't be doing it if we had no fans or no fan base. That'd be right. But yeah, it's like it's like if, like I'm not a big AFL supporter because my dad wasn't. He was into racing, 
so I naturally became a fan of racing. So yeah, we need Same. to keep that sort of trend going, but also in, in, in find them, find a, a broader audience. Like if we come up with ideas, like if we get Conor McGregor to drive a car, that'd mm. be pretty cool. That would be cool. You know, d- Normally, it's away from the police funny. station. But... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but like the, the the people these days, do they follow? Do they follow personality, or do they still follow the brand, or there is a bit of both? I, I was going to say more driver at the moment. I mm. think um, I yeah. think the older fan has rusted on to the manufacturer, but I think the younger yeah. fan is more about driver. The personality. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's it's interesting. We're in we're we're in unique positions. It's uh, you know I think I think Betty and Dick Johnson signed just about as many autographs as Scott McLaughlin, Flavin Coulthard, and and David Reynolds Mark do on Scaife. the weekend. Yeah. Mark Scaife do that, but it's. It's it's interesting to see that dynamic, and you still got guys who would who who can't wait to can't wait to see Dick Johnson when they're when they're trackside, and and at the same time can't wait to see Scotty and Fabs and, mm. and be a part of it. It's it's pretty it's pretty pretty neat. Yeah, I, I have an, an eighteen month old, and I'm trying to indoctrinate him early, trying to ingrain it into his brainwash, as it were. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go with that. Yeah. Brainwash. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So you know, I'm trying for the next generation. Good. So we'll see. Yeah. In my household, it's all about the fan of tomorrow. <laughs> 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 um, now, Davey, one thing I was going was going to, to talk to you about this is you had a bit of a shocker at Winton. Now, being a test track oh, of yours, yeah, I thought it would. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. Oh, sorry. Got over it. <laughs> now you bring that up again. Oh well, I just you know what what happened. Um, I just didn't have the pace. Gen- like, like, um, like, uh, sorry, Winton is generally like an understeer base track, and if you've got a lot of understeer like our cars do, you don't go that fast there. Yeah. So, you know, we kind of, I kind of knew it was going to be a little bit of struggle for us, even though it is our home track. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't qualify the best, but qualifying was like so, so tight. So on the Saturday, I was 17, and if I was one tenth faster, I would have been eighth. Wow. So there's, it's, it was a ridiculous number of spots covered by one tenth of a second. It was stu- it's stupid. But uh, yeah, that, then because because I get buried in the pack, uh, I got caught up in a stupid accident that that I shouldn't have got caught up in, uh, which damaged my steering. And then we went six laps down. And then the next day, because they had to replace the parts on the car, something fell off the car, and I wasn't able to qualify, so I had to start dead last. And yeah, I could only manage to get to, like. Fifteenth so, or something. It was a pretty, pretty average day. So I mean, obviously you guys win and lose as a team. You can clearly see that in the it's the Pansky way and it's in the Erebus way as well. So I mean, it was obviously human error that caused your Sunday problem. So do, yeah, I mean, human do, error causes every problem. <laughs> but I mean, do, I mean, do you go to that person and say, you know, it don't worry about it. It happens. Pat on the back. Cuddle. It's fine. Or, I mean, or do you, do you not talk about it? I mean, how do you deal with something like yeah, no, that? Of course, of course, we talk about it. We um, we bring it up in the management managers meeting. We action it. We we assign a person to investigate it, and they come up with the findings and the solution. And we sit down and try and make 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 sure everyone is aware, and we don't make the mistake again. But the the guy who put the 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 arm together, he was almost in tears out the back, and I said, "Mate, I'm." I make more mistakes than anyone out there, so <laughs> don't, honestly, you... don't worry about it. 
you want to see that. I mean, I've I've been I've been in the other end of it where you where you're having to make the, the the determination of what to do next, and you want to see contrition. You want to see people taking responsibility for their actions in that contrition because that's what makes yeah, people 100%. better. And, yeah, and yeah, 100%. And guaranteed, and guaranteed, that young kid will never make that mistake again, and he'll be no. better and a more diligent mechanic as a result. It's just that's just the nature of the beast. So you've got to you've got to judge each of these situations on its merit and judge and 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 make a determination on the quality and the caliber of the person. Yeah, and, exactly. and, and react accordingly, and and it's good for the team. I think it's good for team morale. When 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 you fall in behind one of your people, and say, "Look, you 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 effed up. You made a mistake. That's life. We all do it. But you're going to be better because of it." And everyone else can see, "Hey, look, they had you know management had the back of this person, and we're going to all fall in line and support." It's just good. For the, it's just good for the whole team. Yep, it is hundred percent. When it's all going when it's all going smoothly, you know, it's it's kind of easy. But when something goes wrong, it shows. It shows what kind of team you are, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, ours is ours wasn't the best weekend, but you know, hopefully we've all learned from it and we can go to Darwin and and go a bit better. But uh, I was going to say something quite important, but I forgot. <laughs> 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 oh, was, oh yeah, that's right. Because I haven't really damaged my car at all yep. for like the last two years, and. No one's really had to replace any parts on it, so this is one of the first times we've actually replaced something on the car in a couple of years. So, are you saying they're out of practice because you're too good? Well, yes, like no, it's, it's assigned to his never... performance bonus. He gets a performance <laughs> bonus for every every event he goes without damaging the panel. That's how it works, isn't it? I, I wish, <laughs> I wish, I should. I'll send this to Barry and I'm like, hey, Baz. Hey, listen. Do you, do you need a listen? It's not a conflict of interest for me to be your driver manager. We could, we can, we can. We can organize this. I'll give you a percentage, mate. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, if if I can recall, and you know, there was a, there was a bit of a chat around pit lane at Winton. Um, Ryan, was there a little bit of a, a problem in the DJR team Penske? I won't say garage, but somewhere around the transporter. Any problems with your transporter getting into Winton at all? Getting into hey. Winton, oh, well, a few events a few events ago, someone pulled the pin on the trailer. Is <laughs> that, that what you're talking about? That's what I'm referring to. I, I, I walked past and went, there's a little bit of damage on the thing. And someone told me it was in Albury coming into Winton, but the, the story was wrong. So it was a few rounds ago, was it? Yeah, it was a couple of events ago. Yeah, was some little bastard pulled the pin on the trailer and we now have to lock it. It's pretty disappointing. And it's just, <laughs> no way. Yeah, yeah, pretty reckless vandalism. We're just lucky no one got hurt. Um, it was in Albury, wasn't it? It was probably my old man. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably it's probably a, probably a holding fan of some sort. I'm sure, but uh, oh, I, I, I I can't I couldn't imagine it would be anyone. I can't imagine it'd be a fan of the sport because there's always such goodwill, even if you mm. sort of barrack to the other side. But uh, I think the reality is some some little some little bastard thought it would be funny to do something like this when the driver was on the driver that's... was parked on the side of the road. And no, yeah, that's... again, just. Lucky no one got hurt. That could have been... That's better than our truck driver. Two years ago, he got bogged at Winton. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> That's rough. Yeah. Is it true that they had to get a crane to lift the A and B trailer back up so they could recouple it? I'm sorry, what was it? Was it is it true that they had to get a crane in to lift the A and B trailer back up so they could recouple it? No, no, forklift. Oh, okay, right. Okay, well, it's not not quite yeah. as dramatic, but anyway, um, still less than ideal. Well, but, well, but, yeah, yeah, yeah not, not a cr- not a good way to start your weekend no. if your cars are nose down in the the front. Mm. Um, now, boys, that we had testing this week, and obviously, you know, testing is not always exciting. But second 
test day for for everyone that went out to the compulsory te- or semi compulsory test day at the start of the year. Um, Ryan, what did you learn from testing this week? Scotty Mack said that he found some well, probably, stuff. Uh, well, I mean, Dave, I'll tell you, we did a we did a seven eight Dave at, uh, at Willow Bank. It was pretty impressive. No, no. Is that far? No, I'm kidding. No, that's, <laughs> that's, 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 that's impossible. That's impossible. That's that's, that's missing turns that's four and five. <laughs> that's that's otherworldly fast. Uh, <laughs> it was a good. Well, look, we had a we had a good day. We had a good day. We we uh, we didn't have a huge amount to get. We didn't have a huge program to get through, but we got through what we needed to get through, and it was. It was productive. I think it's. I think all teams are in the same boat. You're a little bit limited with tyres, and I think everyone's sort of still getting through a few of the tyres they have from last year, which aren't exactly relevant. But it's relevant to what we're doing now. But it's still a bit of rubber to run around on. And yeah, yeah we had a couple of new parts to try, which went pretty well, and a couple of other things to look at, which uh, which went pretty well. But you know, it's uh, there's an interesting if 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 you if you're if you're onto it and you you've got a decent sense of humour you've got to look at Triple Eight's website and their testing. They put an article up on their on their test day. Man, I I read it and, and we sort <laughs> of it, 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 it's sort of it's, it's it's trying to translate engineer and team double speak. So if they've got comments from the drivers and what they claim they really mean, and it's a, it's a bit of it's a bit of a laugh, but. They make a, they make an inter- interesting observation in there that you know no one ever has a bad word to say after a test day, and I think the same is true for us. Really? <laughs> I, I do. I can always say something bad. Yeah. You're one of the few. Yeah, well, I tested at Winton. <laughs> I get bored. I get bored driving there, and I get bored leaving there. It's two and a half hours from Melbourne. Yeah, no, having done the trip this year, I can I can sympathise slightly. Yeah, and we just race there. I've just done like 400 laps around there. I don't think so. <laughs> so did you find anything, Dave, that anything, any good stuff coming for Erebus for the later rounds? We, it... we ran our valuation day. Yep. And um, we test, we had uh, Dylan O'Keefe, young career cup guy and GT guy, and uh, Adam Marjoram do a mm-hmm. couple of laps, and we're just testing, getting some miles on some new bits we got. Yeah. Otherwise. Okay. See, that, that's, that, that to me is, it, you know, we don't need any further evidence of how much of a good operator Barry Ryan is, but that's smart. You know, when you see teams doing that, when they've got, when they've got a, when they've got a, they don't, may not necessarily have what they need to, to do a full day and they're putting young kids in to ensure they're still getting a bit of track time and learning what they can. That's, that's, that's yeah, a good operational good. tactic. Yeah, it was a great day. We, we learned a little bit, but it's not, not well, it's not car performance related. It's just all, you know, ergonomic stuff and, mm-hmm. Basic stuff. So when you... and it's good to good to test young kids as well because they always have a different set of eyes and you know they've, they've never driven that that style of car before. It's it's always good to to listen to them because that was me like ten years ago. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh yeah, I remember all this again. <laughs> <laughs> how hard it was and how funny they are to drive and. Well, then I say, but back in my day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what back I was just thinking. Days, yeah. yeah, Pre-car of the future, you know, our cars are just bits of boxes. They're way worse than what they are now. <laughs> How did those young boys go on the day, by the way? Because, by the as you said, Dylan O'Keefe, good up-and-coming driver in Porsches, and Adam Marjoram, who's done a good couple of years in DVS, or, sorry, Super 2. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how'd they go? DVS. Uh, yeah, mate, they were very, very good. You know, they... Um, Adam obviously driven it, driven the car before, and he's got he's got our our stuff from last year, so it's all quite comparable. Um, you know, he was up to pace pretty pretty quickly. Um, Dylan took you know a couple of laps to get into it, but then he started improving every lap, and that's what you just want to see from someone new. They just 
keep chipping away at it, making no mistakes. No one ran off. No one did anything stupid. And it was actually a really good day at Winton. Besides driving the Winton track, it was sunny and beautiful. <laughs> so, I mean, what's your role? On, like, so you get an evaluation day. I mean, what, do you just kind of hang out? Are you there for moral support? Do you give the boys pointers? I mean, what do you? What do you? How do you pass uh, the time? I'm, I'm allowed to do ten laps, mm-hmm. which is really nothing um, when you consider in and out laps. So I set a lap, and at the start of the day, and they they have something to work towards and. And then if they get near it, I try and go a bit faster, and <laughs> and they try and get near that again. I yeah. remember my very first my very first day of driving was actually it was a evaluation day. It was like a driver shootout. Uh, it was back in about when was it 2006 or 2007? Mm-hmm. Um, it was HSV dealer team car. Uh, our pro was Garth Tander. I think it was in his car, and there was myself, Slade, Taz Douglas, and Ben Klukas. Oh, yeah. And it was like a, a bit of a driver shootout. It was yeah. actually really it was an intense day because when you when you're young, we've all never driven a supercar before. It was all quite new for all of us, and I think they selected the best driver on the day and got a program underway for that person. And yeah, it was a it was a magical day. It was cool. It was kind of it was just cool because we're all experiencing something new for the day. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Cool. It was good. <laughs> <laughs> was that person you, out of curiosity? Unfortunately for them, it was. <laughs> <laughs> Look where he is now. me a couple of years later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who's won Bathurst now? Um, <laughs> <laughs> not you, Slady. Not you. Oh. <laughs> hey, if you enter Lotto enough, you're gonna want, you're gonna win one day. Yeah, that's true. If you throw, if you blindfold and throw a dart towards a dartboard, you end up getting the bullseye at some point. <laughs> Telling me there's a chance. <laughs> there's a chance. Um, so Ryan, when you when you've got your the test day, now obviously you're up against, uh, you know, you got triple eight there. Do you kind of have a look at what they're doing? Have a sneaky look around, check them out. Oh, look, I think you sort of you, you're always conscious of when they're on track and sort of, uh, and yeah, you're you're aware of it and. <laughs> It's much better to run uh, for us. We we we're aware of the view. We're much better off running when they're out there as well, just so you sort of know where you are, particularly in the lead up to the enduros as well. And and you know, typically of a of a typically of a test day at, at QR, it wasn't necessarily the case this time around. But you get happy hour late in the afternoon where you bolt on a half decent set of tyres and sort of see what you've got. Didn't happen this time around with either team. Um, There's no one having any tyres. I'm pretty sure that's the only reason why. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, but it's just it's just yeah it's just one of those things. You're much better off having a having a benchmark there, and the more cars that are out there, means the track cleans up a bit nicer. By the time you're sort of down to the cut and thrust of things later on in the day, it's yeah you're much you're much better off operating that way. Um, one of the more interesting, I, I thought, other bits of news that are around is that Earl Bamber's doing the Super Two Mini Enduro at Bathurst this year before he takes on the mountain proper. It, for me, it was an interesting thing, doing double duties on the same weekend. Well, I think it shows, it shows this. Yeah, it shows they're serious about it, and mm. I think they probably they probably learned learned a bit of a lesson. They sort of threw Matt Campbell in the deep end in some of that weather and mm. some of the weather they had last year. And, you know, when he was on his own, when he was on his own last year, he was as quick as anyone, but he sort of got tripped over a couple of times when he was in traffic. And I think... The, the way that you sort of bounce back from that when you're talking about guys who aren't necessarily in these sorts of cars all the time is you, you take every opportunity you can get. I think it's, it's a smart buy. Well, that's it. Like the, like the spatial awareness around such a narrow and tight track 
as ba- as Bathurst when you're in a car that you're not familiar with. It's a hard thing to I imagine. It's a hard thing to build up, and it's not like someone the caliber of Earl Bamber doesn't know how to manage how to race close in traffic and manage gaps and so forth. So it's it's a really sensible idea, and it's good because I, I know it. I, we talked to him at the 12 hour this year, and one of the things he said was that doing the 12 hour was kind of a prerequisite for him being able to get that drive with Triple Eight purely because, or to ensure that he had laps under his belt at Bathurst, even if they weren't in a supercar. So it does indicate just how. Se- and I know one of the other things he said is they were also, but this is back in February, of course, looking at potentially doing the Carrera Cup round at Gold Coast as well to get him miles at Surface Paradise, a track that I'm pretty sure he's never been mm. to before. Well, it's going to be interesting because, I mean, you throw yourself in a Super 2, it can be fairly biff and bargeful in the, the mid-pack there. And at Bathurst, it's probably... An, it might be an interesting experiment to see if he could handle that going into the into the main series at the for the Enduros? I don't know. Well, I'm, That's got to be an expensive program if you're going to start doing other stuff like yeah. that. Like it, it's really it's one of the, worth it. It's one of the challenges we have is that our cars are so different to anything else. It's... it's it's. I think it's really impressive when you see these guys jump out of Porsches and what have you and get into these, get into our cars and be competitive, because they are so different. I mean, we we couldn't simply have one of the Team Penske NASCAR or IndyCar drivers co-drive one of our things without having extensive testing and having them get heaps and heaps of miles under their belt to know the cars, just because mm. they're so different and foreign to anything else those guys have driven before. Experience counts in these cars for sure. So, so when you bring Will Powell back for the Enduros next year for a wild card, he's already got experience in these cars, so it'll be fine. <laughs> Listen, until the testing regimes change, and you, know, you can, you can pretty much uh, you, you, you esteemed journalists and, and and your merry colleagues can can almost not not even bother asking that question. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. Does does having simulators? sort of shorten that learning curve or is it really you actually need to be in the real deal you need to be in the real car i think simulators can fast track it a bit but it's nothing you know it's not it's not exactly the same as going out there like some like i'm i'm hopeless on simulators i cannot drive them (laughs) to save my life like I'm so bad <laughs> that's why I can't drive them because I get embarrassed people look at me and go oh, you should be able to drive this I'm like I'd try and I just I literally can't even do a lap is that why when Supercars Live visited Erebus with you and Anton you were watching Anton and giving him pointers <laughs> on the simulator because you didn't want to get in there well because I can't do it <laughs> one well, it makes sense. Like if you've grown up with all the all the inputs you get from a race car all of a sudden you've got probably what 60 to 80 percent of those cut off if you're sitting in a simulator it's like half driving 60, half 80 not about 100 yeah okay <laughs> it's really interesting we've got a simulator here now we've had one since just before um the grand prix this year and, and our guys will spend anywhere between two to four hours um in the week leading up to an event just to get their eye in and try out different things and, you know it's it's slowly becoming a pretty important tool in the arsenal. In fact, we actually threw Dick Johnson in it a couple of weeks ago and, you know, compared to... That would have been great. Well, we took, we took, I took, we took plenty of photos and, and got the boys sort of around. He was doing laps of Bathurst and having, having a ball with it. But it was interesting. He was sort of 
you, 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 a bit of the Yosemite Sam, you know, what the tarnations and this glass and bloody thing. And this sort of thing. It, was pretty, it was pretty fun to watch. He was, he, he, his feedback of it wasn't wasn't quite to the same sort of standard we had from Scott and Pat, put it that way. Now, boys, we're heading to Darwin next weekend. We can all get out of this semi-cold cold here and Dave I know it's cold in Melbourne so looking forward to going to Darwin to the warmer weather um, Nissan have been strong there in the past Rick Kelly's taken pole Caruso's taken a race win we expect him to be quick there again sure <laughs> I'm telling everyone I'm going to win <laughs> well that was what, that was the next thing I've got written down this was where the the, the, the shoey was Started thrust, for thrust further into the limelight. Yeah, we, is this where we're going to see the booty make its debut? <laughs> I've got to come up with something else. To be fair, <laughs> well, I've already got the mural well, of you, you in the main street. Yeah. So. Well, what's what's really important, Dave, is that is that when you do come up with something, for Christ's sake, talk to your lawyer before you tell anyone what it is. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and then I'll trademark it, and then no one can use it. Exactly. No, but I'm exactly. not like I'm not. A, I don't. I want other people to you know, use it as well. I'm, I don't. I'm not that sort of person. But if you can get five bucks out of every use of it, I mean, yeah, it's not the worst is, thing in the world. I, five bucks is I told, five bucks. I told the Darwin people, because you know how they have that um, minister's function yep. on Friday or Thursday night. When is it? Friday night. And they've asked me to do the speech, like to <laughs> do the speech for the driver. And I said, listen, I'm not going to do it unless I win the whole like triple crown. So, oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so if I win the triple crown, that means I've got to do make an absolute fool of myself in front of everyone. <laughs> you got it. Because, I mean, how, how long has it been since someone's won the new Triple Crown will? No one. No, no one's one ever won it. It's never no won. one's ever done it. Yeah. yeah. 20, Perfect. 20, 21 years and no one's won it. Yep. Yeah. Well, yes. I, 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 I believe that you can be our first, Mr. Reynolds. Thank you. Which reminds so me, I. <laughs> something, something I thought about, we should actually start a petition... For a, I mean, I'm, Darwin's, I'm concerned. Darwin, what are we doing? Darwin's got the mural of Davy on the wall. I think we need just to have like a, a, cop, oh, yes. a, a statue of Dave, of Mr. Reynolds in Aubrey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do it. I remember this discussion now. Yeah, we had this discussion. So this, this is a brainwave that I had. That you know, at, at Suncorp, you've got like the Wally it's Lewis statue. Brainwave. And everything. AJ, you lost it. Well, we could put it at Winton. Oh. No, I haven't done any good at Winton. <laughs> <laughs> now, listen, about that mural. Yes. Yes. Like, it's very nice, very cool, all that stuff, very kind of them. But, like, if it had a big phallus hanging out of my mouth, I'd actually enjoy it a lot more. I think that's <laughs> fucking hilarious. Oh, you're, you're a man of the people. You are a man of the people. We can, we can, we can arrange that when we get up there. get up there. Mate, exactly. By the time I get up there, I want to see some graffiti on my face. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. The challenge has been set. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, they've, got, they've got too much. They've got too much respect for you to do it. No, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, if, if it's not there by Sunday night, I'm going to go draw one on myself. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get. I can't get fined for graffitiing my own face. Can that's I? that's true. Uh, Were you surprised by this mural? Did you know what was happening? No, I had no idea. They, I, was, I was doing a radio show, and they um they let it slip, and I was like, "What are you talking about?" And they're like. <laughs> Oh, I think I'm not supposed to tell you. <laughs> Surprise. And then I went and saw it, and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Bigger than life-size. So, Spectacular. So we're going to start a petition, all the Fox Motorsport podcast listeners. We need to start a change.org petition 
for a statue of David Reynolds in the middle of Albury Square. Right to your local member. Yes, exactly. Get it? Yes. Let's go. We, need, we, need to make, we need to make this happen. This will be the, one of the best things ever. You're a Bathurst winner. This is, this is how Bathurst winners get treated. Exactly. They get fated. They get remembered and memorialised in bronze. Yes. Cool. <laughs> Could it be gold? Um, I, think... I can melt it down, melt myself down and sell it. Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Which reminds me, Will, we need to, if anyone has any viewer questions, I'm going to get back on track in a second. If anyone has any viewer questions, they can write to us on the Twitters and the, oh, at Fox, at Fox Motors, underscore Motorsport on Twitter and Facebook if you have a question that we you would uh, like Someone to ask did. any of us, including you, Mr. Reynolds. Someone uh, did write to me and what, 17 hours ago. Yes. BigFazard.com on Twitter, he writes, why can't your mates at Fox Motorsports Supercar Podcast pull their finger out? I think that's <laughs> And here we, we are. We're, yeah. Here we are. Yeah, Big Faz, we've done it. We've got the band we've together. Done. You're welcome. Tick. We, yes. We, we hope you're enjoying the show. the only person that's ever written to us <laughs> ever. <laughs> well, at least it was positive. It was, we, like, we want to hear another one, not, yeah. thank goodness. Yeah, that's not, that's not from Big Faz or Seabreville. <laughs> All right, so Darwin next weekend. Uh, tune in for all the action on Fox Motorsport across the three days. Trackside on Thursday night and the wrap up on Sunday. Trackside from th- on Thursday night is from the autograph drivers autograph session at the Mindle Markets, which will be fun. Um, apparently, we're dragging Fletch and Hindy up there from the NRL to do some stuff. So I hear they're excited to come up. they're, yeah. looking, they're really looking forward to it. Yep. So, so what else can we expect in trackside on Thursday night, AJ? Uh, there's a bit going on. Uh, Michael Caruso is on the on the show. Uh, I got a, a little bit of a wrap up from Winton and uh, a lot of stuff that I can't talk about yet. Because um, you don't know, or <laughs> no, I know. I just can't talk about it yet. No, there's a, there, oh. we have a, no, we have a, we have a lot going on. So a lot going on at the markets and a few different challenges and a few different things. So it'll be a different trackside to normal. Because we're not on track, we're at the at the market. So we have a market side. Yes, market side. Harbour side, if you will. On, Is it? on um sure. on dusk, can I make my five favourite drivers swim out to the ocean to get something for me? Sure. What are they swimming for? And who would they be? Who are your five favourites? Yeah, who would they well, be? This is going to be interesting. <laughs> well, it doesn't. They can be randomly selected, but they can swim <laughs> out the crocodiles and hopefully they don't return. <laughs> so, you, so you're picking. <laughs> The two Triple Eight drivers, think, the two DJR think, Team Penske drivers. I'm going to say, I don't think you've thought this through. Someone could get hurt here, David. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> you it's just a small exercise. Yeah, you haven't named, <laughs> it, you haven't named <laughs> your five drivers yet, Dave. I don't have to. His <laughs> five drivers are, are, are anyone who's ahead of him and behind him in the championship. That's how it's... I, I mean, exactly listen, right. I can, I've already worked this out. So we've got so we've got McLaughlin, Van Gisberg and Lowndes, Winkup and Pie. Perfect. Look, this is how the triple... <laughs> this is how the triple crown gets won. Yeah, okay. This is how you do it. Yeah. This is why no one's on the, the 21 odd years. Yeah. Um, Need to go through the points before we finish up. Scott McLaughlin leads uh, on 1,487 points leads Van Gisbergen, and he's in second by 131 points, which is huge. But not as huge as it was before Winton. That's true. Davey Reynolds is a further 299... Uh, 318 points back. No, 318 points back, yeah. On, in fourth, Lowndes is 299. Yep. And the team's championship is all DJR, Team Penske, 
on 2,566 points, leading Triple uh, Eight by 87 points. So, the, who's, le- who's leading the pit stop challenge? Uh, Wing Cups team. As I say, Wing Cups really? team. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I think so. Yeah. Good yeah. yeah I, it's, yeah. I, I have no idea what the time is, but I know they're leading on well, points. It's points so. based, isn't it? Sure. But it frustrates me that there's no time allotted so you can see how fast they are. You just need to pop into the media centre. I believe they have all the Natsoft printouts that don't appear online. Perfect. Excellent. You are, I'm bring, here to help. Bring Noonan. He knows everything. Well, I don't <laughs> know if he knows that one. It's more of a, I think it's more of an Oscar thing. But anyway, uh, thank you, Dave, for joining us this week, as always. Thanks, boys. Thanks for having us. Ryan, it's always great to chat to you. Thanks very much. Genuinely my pleasure. Thanks, lads. Uh, Will, thank you very much. And we will see you from your, or hear from you in your new home in the coming podcasts. Yes. <laughs> not in, not At least you're not going to wheel out a street address. That's nice. Yeah. Uh, courtesy of Fox Footy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and everyone else, we will... Uh, don't forget to get your viewer questions in and we'll answer them in the next podcast. Uh, I will say that Will is away for the next podcast. We have Chris Stubbs joining in and... Uh, Stubbsy. Stubbsy joining the mic. And uh, we will see everyone post-Darwin. Darwin.